everyone. Welcome to a fantabulous edition of ARG Presents. I'm Amigo Aaron, joined as always by a man whom, if there was a Mount Rushmore of Goofy, would be somewhere between Pee Wee Herman and Dr. Demento, the Brent. Hey, is Weird Al on there? Dr. Demento. Oh, okay, well, maybe, well, maybe Weird Al can like, sit on his shoulder. Well, not, maybe not. <laughs> so, if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel, we made the deal, and this week, Brent, we're going to be playing games that were bred and produced to be played on the PC DOS platform. Yes. Now, uh, we made a pact, a pact for this episode that we would play PC DOS games from the mid-90s. Yes. And so that's what we've done. And somewhere down the line, we'll probably do an episode of PC games from the 80s. Yes. But this week, it's PC games from the mid-90s. Brent, tell me, what do you have in terms of memories of playing PC games in that era? Uh, it was right before DOS really hit, or as Windows 95 was just coming to fruition. What what do you remember about playing games back then? It, it's odd, because I remember learning the command line interface uh, of Commodore just well enough to load my games. Because uh, I didn't own a Commodore, uh, but I had to load up games at my friend's house. That sort of Load, comma, eight, comma, one, all That's that right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the splats load, and all splat, that dot, stuff. Load, splat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when it came to DOS, DOS loading stuff in DOS was easy. You just look in the directory, you find the game with the exe or the uh, .bat file, and you run it, you're good to go. However, all other aspects of DOS was difficult. Setting up sound cards particularly was a dreadful IRQ nightmare. Uh, but, you know, we learned, we survived. And folks of... This day and age, who only know the Windows 7, the Windows 10, even Windows XP, they, they, they'll they never know that pain, for better and for worse. Yeah, I agree with you. When, when My memories of playing DOS games often revolve around hardware nightmares. Uh, even sometimes getting the uh, the game port to, uh, to work properly was a problem. Yeah. And sometimes your machine didn't have a game port. Something that people don't remember much these days is that uh, with the uh, myriad of different PC options from in the 80s and 90s, and this was more of a problem in the in the 80s than it was the 90s. But uh, you had different uh, uh, configurations of PCs. Uh, there was that weird air time when we were converting from game ports to USB. Like I had a bunch of really awesome uh, game pads, and so I was hesitant to to go to USB, for example, because I was holding one of these things. I had a really nice Gravis game port card that had yeah. two game ports in it, you know. Uh, so there were, and then you mentioned uh, getting software to load with uh, sound cards and whatnot. Definitely a pain. Another thing I remember, and again, uh, Windows how thankfully alleviated a lot of this was the uh, the pain in the butt it was to configure your startup sequence to have enough high memory, yes, to have enough uh, to have all the things you need to be loaded resonant to come up and. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure most people remember having to edit those batch files, yep. config.sys, uh, and change stuff around. It made you learn. It really it did. It did. You had no choice. Yeah. And often people would have different uh, boot sequences for different games. Yeah, oh, certainly. I know I did for a lot of stuff. And now, and Brent's game uh, came out, and I believe it was like 96. And mine 95, came out, 96. 90, yeah, mine yeah. came out in 94. So this was right, these games arrived right at the cusp of Windows 95. Yeah. Uh, uh, and... While Windows 95 alleviated some of these problems, a lot of people don't remember that Windows 95 still was uh, a front end for DOS. Yeah, because it, it caused us some problems, too, yeah, and for so, sure. And majority of games yeah. in that era did not, were not made to run out of Windows. No. Uh, you would have to just you bypass Windows. DOS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, and you couldn't run... Uh, there was no uh, uh, running stuff in a DOS prompt. You had to exit Windows. Yes. And then you'd have to reset up some of your memory stuff to get it to work right. I remember using programs like QM... If you'll recall, that one's one I had to use quite a bit. And there was also video issues. Uh, and not just because you had VGA doesn't mean uh, you were good to go. Uh, sometimes you'd have to run special programs to get any special modes and stuff. Yeah. It could be real tricky. And uh, I know in, in the in, in my game this week, it was a, it had its own setup where you would go in and... Could, most games had this, actually, where you'd go in and you'd configure the game specifically for your hardware. And it would... You'd set up your video card or your sound card, certainly, in your, yep. in, in your game uh, port right there. In the program before you ran it, so it's sort of self uh, enclosed. Well, it made its own bat file essentially, <laughs> which was so nice when games had that. Um, 
if you if you played stuff in the 90s, you did have the luxury of not having to worry about uh, uh, some issues. But uh, in the 80s, actually, uh, you actually said in some ways it was beneficial in a lot of ways. In the old DOS days, you would have those booter discs that would be just like the Amiga, for example. You could just take your disc, stick it in your computer, and it would boot right to the game. Uh, and the, in, in those days, the, most of the computers were so basic that it would that it would work. Plus, there was no sound and there was no joystick. It was yeah. just, you know, something else. A lot of the uh, games uh, of the era we're playing today uh, could not c- count on you to have a joystick, and so they would often have a pretty robust support for a keyboard. Yeah. Uh, and they had to, uh, and I'll go into that later in mind. But uh, uh, they had to they had to support a, a multitude of different formats, and then we get into the aspect of networking. Uh, and which uh, PC games did have networking a lot of times, and sometimes they worked real well, and sometimes they were a real hassle, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Uh, I remember the first time we got Doom uh, working, we we bought network cards and everything. We never set up a network, and we, me and my buddy had a couple computers, and, and when we lived together, we set our set the game up just so we could play Doom, and it took a while, but we got it working. That was effectively my first introduction into networking, right? On that scale, so it, it you know you're right, you had to learn, and when you got these games working well. Uh, by the time you were done uh, setting up several games, you had a decent idea of what the heck you were doing. Yeah, yeah, it really it taught you a lot. From the '80s, I had all that stuff done for me, or was on a different system or a different platform. Uh, by the time the mid '90s rolled around, which is really the exit era for DOS, uh, but I was out on my own. You know, I had my own computer in my own place of a college, and was just like. Holy crap. You know, like I said before, I played around with Commodores and crap like that, the TRS-80. But when you're out on your own, you've got your own PC, there's no one to call. If you want to play a game, you sit there and tinker until it works. Sure. <laughs> so that, I mean, I would be like, what does this do? Okay, that didn't work. What does this do? Okay, that didn't work. Yeah. You know, and you might do that for six hours. And and, and we'll get more to this when we, uh, if we ever touch on PC games of the 80s, but I distinctly remember uh you know, without a hard drive. Oh, which yes. Was, which, yeah. and by the 90s, hard drives are much more prevalent. Yeah. In, in the mid-90s and on. Yeah. But in the early days, uh, you would just have to tweak uh, uh, the, the floppy disk to boot up to get everything on there you wanted. And I remember having to compress stuff on the disk just to get it to come up with load. Just a bunch of crazy stuff. And, and when you look back on these uh, DOS games, it's sometimes not the easiest thing to do. Uh, the uh, uh, I mean, we do have DOS Box as an emulation yes. platform, and some people have gone as far as to actually build an old uh, an old DOS machine to play these games on in their natural environment, which is you know whatever. Uh, you know, I, for me, and I look back and like I've got several ways to play most of these games, and I look back on them, and I remember being disappointed in a lot of the PC gaming years in the early days. I just didn't think the PC was that good a gaming platform. I know people are going to disagree. But there were some gems that came out on it. Sure. Uh, and uh, that I liked. But it always amuses me that people want to look back on a lot of the... I mean, I'm talking the pre... I'd say pre-94, pre-95 stuff. <clears throat> it was... A lot of it... I mean, it had uh, roots on other on other machines, especially when you go back into the the... EGA CGA era. Well, you could have a whole you know. show on DOS alone. Yeah, <laughs> and so, uh, but I mean, there were good games. There were exclusive games. Yep. Uh, and uh, 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 I think we've found a couple interesting ones to chat about yes. today. So, with that in mind, we had the uh, wide uh, uh, swath of, of games on the PC in the, in the '90s, and we chose a couple. I'm going to lead the charge this week. Go for it. And I really had, I've got to say, to start, I, I really had trouble um, deciding which game to play uh, because uh, uh, there were, I had my favorites, you know, and I, I picked over a couple that I, that I really liked on the PC, just to mention, I just want to give it a couple honorable mentions. <clears throat> um, there was a game that came out, I believe in 96, called Screamer, and it was a racing title, and it really blew me away with how beautiful it looked. It was an arcade or, or, or it was way past console quality at the time. It was a beautiful racing game that I really enjoyed. Uh, uh, that one I almost made the cut. Another one I, I really enjoyed was Star Control Two. Uh, we covered Star Control One on the uh, Amigos, and it was one. It was one of the most hated games of that year. That's crazy. People hated that game, but Star Control Two 
was a better game. Yeah, oh, oh certainly. Yeah. Certainly. And it uh, was more fun, but I like Star Control 1, too, but I, I really like Star Control 2. I think that's a real fun uh, game as well. And, and then the DOS also had some pretty quality ports <clears throat> back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, including the uh, Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat and, and, and the like. But I wanted to find something I thought was unique uh, to the PC, which this is, and something I thought was kind of revolutionary and maybe doesn't get the press that it should. And so I chose as my game uh, a fighting game for the PC called One Must Fall 2097. Yes. Now, One Must Fall uh, 2097, I'm just going to call it One Must Fall henceforth, was developed by uh, of some fellows called Diversions Entertainment. It was published by Epic Mega Games. Epic Mega Games published a lot of... Uh, you know, seminal titles in that era uh, that, that uh, you know, Jazz Jackrabbit was one of theirs and a bunch of others. They had shooting games. They had platform games. And this was their uh, effort in the realm of fighting games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, one, and you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, here we go, a fighting game from Aaron. No, nothing, nothing new there. But One Must Fall is was what, what, what made it remarkable was the time it was released. And I guess to to make this make sense, you've got to kind of look at what was going on. So, if you're a kid in the 90s and you have a PC and you're watching what's happening in the arcades and in the console world, what's happening was everyone's getting all these fighting games. And if you're a fighting game fan, <clears throat> on the PC, you really were left wanting, uh, for the most part. Uh, uh, the PC, again, uh, this was a, a burgeoning time when it, games or uh, action games in particular were becoming... A doable thing on the PC because really they hadn't you couldn't do a great action game for a while due to the limitations of the hardware. Sure. <laughs> and so, and fighting games had been uh, something that had not been uh, really attempted that much. So to understand what One Must Fall was, let's, we're going to go back to the original. There was an actually an original One Must Fall without the numbers, uh, and it was a demo. And I remember playing this too. It was released in May of '93, right? And it it had two like basically karate fighters in it. Yeah. And they and, and you just fought them. It was very virtual fighter looking, sorta. Well no, it was two D, but it, it was, was a two D virtual was fighter. Rendered two D <laughs> and they had Yeah, yeah, and these guys were not this was not what I would call a graceful game or uh even that interesting yeah, of a game. I, I mean it but, was for a demo. Sure. Proof of concept. Sure, sure. <clears throat> um but uh um I remember playing this and being pretty impressed and I thought to myself, but I mean when you looked at it and you're like, eh you know, I'm, uh, I'm seeing all this other stuff. This doesn't really cut it. You know, it really doesn't. But I didn't realize, of course, at the time that they were that they were actually uh, coming up with something, and this was sort of their, their proof of concept. So <clears throat> what they came up with over there after this original um, was One Must Fall 2097. So <clears throat> flash forward to, to 94, and One Must Fall comes out. So, what is One Must Fall? So, <clears throat> One Must Fall is a fighting game that depicts uh, humans who are, who basically get inside of giant robots and fight. Okay, and so the uh, the robots are called HARS, Human Assisted Robots. Okay, so think mech. Yeah, they're basically okay. fighting mechs, not the, gun the, mechs. Right. These HARS are physically piloted by by a human, and what makes part of what makes this game interesting is that, that you've got uh, ten different humans and eleven different mechs. Eventually, you can get yeah. a secret one. And uh, when you pick a human, they have stats. Yeah. They'll have agility. They'll have uh, that strength or toughness. And 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 you pick them, and their their abilities add to the mechs. They augment the mechs' ab- uh, the abilities uh, in combat. How fast you get stunned. <clears throat> how much damage you do. Uh, stuff like that. Sure. Uh, so, uh, what makes it one of the aspects of the game that's interesting is that you could you could put pair these different pilots into different HARS and see how they're going to do. Uh, uh, some of the of the HARS are more uh, agility based. You know, some are more like uh, you know brute strength based. Right. And so it's interesting. You know, do I want to put the agility guy in the brute strength mech to give it more agility, for example? Kind of balance it out, right? You know, uh, so <clears throat> that seems like a simple concept, but it actually adds a lot of depth to, to the game. So this thing came, came with a ton of, of characters here. 
just to go over, I'm not going to go over every person in the game, but I'll name a few. And the interesting thing about the game is that they, the the plot of the game has you working for the manufacturer of these of these uh, harness, right? It's an outfit called the World Aeronautics and Robotics, uh, and it's, it's we're called War. Right? Yeah, W A R. Right. It's the most powerful corporation in the world, and they specialize in making these robots. And so, <coughs> well, amongst the many, there are several different uh, ways to play the game. Uh, and but one of the game's basic one-player mode is you go through and you fight all the other uh, executives there at at war, and it, it basically determine the best, right? And so it's they all know each other, and I think there's only one. I think Angel doesn't work there, but everyone else works there, and they all know each other, and they all badmouth each other. Yes. And that's something else that when you pick, depending on which pilot you pick, when you when you end around. There will be some dialogue between you and the and, and the and when the opposing pilot. What well, both? It both. And uh, oh, that's true. At the end, it just it shows it's you the, the news. news. So, but they they some of them have their own little plots. Some kind of aren't super hateful to each other, but they don't. None of them get really get along. All right. Think. Yeah. And uh, uh, so uh, that adds to the little bit. And, and they also have they have like faces, so you get to see the different pilots. But it's still so. The mechs, of course, don't, don't the horrors don't talk. Just the pilots do. So that's one thing they've got different over, uh, like say, a Mortal Kombat or a Street Fighter. You're actually talking for your robot, but the actual combatant doesn't speak. Which, right. of course, it's a, it's a robot. Um, so let's get into the actual robots. I think these things are really cool, and and they give you a really good uh, they give you a really good uh, a selection of, of of different horrors. So the first horror, probably the most basic and well, easiest to use, is called the Jaguar. It's sort of the it's sort of the uh, Ken Arayu of this game. In terms, it's the it's on the main title screen. It's my personal choice. I might add, uh, I'm a big fan of the Jag, <clears throat> and uh, the Jag's super quick. It does this awesome move where it jumps over you and it it extends its arms and grabs your arms and whips you over the top of it, and throws yeah. you, which is an awesome move. Then you've got it. Now this is another one I like. Shadow. This is my main. <clears throat> Shadow's mech uh, or is horror can basically duplicate its, a shadow of itself that does stuff, or multiple shadows. And, and occasionally, it'll put out a bunch uh, where, the, where they'll just beat the tar out of you. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the main robot just sits around, like I guess, laughing. And the, the, the interesting thing about shadow, which is kind of, usually when you project something, the projection's indestructible. But in, for a shadow in this game, if you punch the shadow, your actual mech falls over, yeah. too. Yeah, it actually hurts you. <laughs> Then you've got Thorn. Thorn is like a power character. It's got these big sort of like spikes that come out the top, and uh, it, it 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 does really nice throws. It's kind of low to the ground. Uh, then you got Pyros. Pyros is this like it doesn't even have legs. It's got like a it looks sort of like the Braxton County monster. It's got a <laughs> it's got a skirt that has like a turt like a, a thruster under it. Yeah, it it's, it's arms. Its arms are like two flamethrowers. And it, it's some, it does it shoots fire everywhere, and it can even spin around real quick and shoot fire. Pretty cool. Uh, then you've got Electra. Electra is quick. It's electrical base. It shocks you. You know, it can do like a Blanca style roll. Yeah. You remember that? Remember remember those? Uh, and does a lot of electrical. You know, jive. Katana is this mech that has or horror that has these two huge blades attached to the end of its arms. It's pretty cool looking too. It's another. It's another one. It does a lot of spinning techniques with the with the katanas. Huge reach. <clears throat> then you've got Shredder. Uh, Shredder hits. Its gimmick is it can shoot its little hands out. Yeah. You know, and they spin around. They come back to it. It was a mining har. Yeah. So some of these hars had actual <laughs> I, I other like jobs. All of these things were yeah. like stuff they used out in the field, which I kind of like. That it'd be like if we went down to the coal mines and just picked some crap up, went to war <laughs> with it. You know, <laughs> I kind of like that. Then you got Flail. Flail's pretty interesting because it's a little robot. It's a, the horror is small and it's got these, it's got these uh, two like flails basically that come yeah. out on chains and it, it whips around with those things and it, it's it's kind of hard to fight, isn't it? It's, it's, so it's small. very low to the ground. Yeah. <gasps> then you've got gargoyle. Now gargoyle is an interesting <laughs> robot because it can it can sort of fly. It can control flight and do dives and stuff yeah. out of when it jumps and it's got these big wings. It's pretty cool looking. I, mean, I, I never of, liked it. It sort of looks like a robotic, I don't know, like a, an albatross or a chicken or something. <laughs> but it's pretty, it's, I always like that. And then you've got uh, Cronus. Now, Cronus is an interesting robot because it does stuff with time. And like, light. And, and it'll, it can, like, do these weird teleports and stuff. It can freeze stuff. 
Um, it, it can freeze your projectiles. It does a bunch of crazy stuff. And it shoots a, prisms out of its it chest. Does. And it's a weird one, too, isn't it? It's yeah. another strange one. And I will say one thing. There are no uh, horrors in this that are identical in any way. No. I mean, they are way off the charts. Yeah. And they, I don't necessarily think that they're under they're under overpowered when you play against each other. I mean, some a lot of it also... The boss it, one is, is pretty Well, the, yeah, the, there's a boss one. That, uh, that is big and huge. But for the most part, the ones that are standard, I think, are pretty fair. And plus, when you've got the ability to add these pilots, it gives you, uh, uh, it gives you a way to tinker with... Yeah, custom abilities. So, I mean, yeah. could you build one that was overpowered? You know, you maybe. You may, you know, if you, if you pick the right character or, or whatever. So, one of the reasons that they... When, they, when these guys put this game together, they used robots, uh, was because... There was at the time there was that controversy going on with violence and stuff, and they didn't want to get caught in it. So, but they still wanted to keep pretty much all the stuff. So, they kept, you know, this game was sort of a if Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat had a robotic child that they, that's only screwed with, <laughs> because amongst the other things you can do in this, uh, there are two levels of destructive kill moves. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew of one, but I didn't know there were two separate levels of it. Uh, and and some guys have Maybe I didn't either, some guys actually. have more than one kills. Now, in this game, there is no like finish him or you know no. that kind of, you have to time it basically after the match is over. I'm not that good at that, that to be honest. With you. I've done it a couple of times. The one and the moves are some of them are better than others. Uh, you know, a lot, most times what happens is they it just shatter the robot. There's one my favorite one. Shadow has two awesome ones. One where. Shadow just leans up against the uh, the wall like leisurely, <laughs> yeah, and his so... shadow group uh, mob beat you. <laughs> and also, Shadow's got another one where like he just leans up against the wall, and a giant, huge version of him just goes, and just smashes your robot. <laughs> Which I thought that was a good one. Um, like uh, Gargoyle just lifts you up and drops you, and then like uh, I think it's. Uh, uh, Thorn has a bit where he just throws you up in the air and it just kind of like he lands on you. Yeah. But the resulting damage is you explode and you and it's got parts that rain all over the place. And the funny thing is, unlike any other game, I think uh, this comes into play in the uh, uh, tournament mode where you where you are scurrying for money and destructive points. So it actually it benefits you to kill people in that yeah. mode because it's better for you. We should talk about the different modes real quick. So you've got one player and you've got two players. They're standard fare. One player is just like any other fighting game. You go through the game and you uh, and you fight all the way to the end, boss. Uh, one thing about this one is if you play one of the lower, if you play the low level of uh, a difficulty, when you get to the end, it's like, hey, go back and start over. You're not quite good. Yeah, enough it's to. like you, you have to play on the advanced difficulty levels to get to the actual end boss. What are right. those deals? Um, so, uh, but uh, this thing. Uh, on top of that, it also has you got your one player, two player. You've also got tournament mode. Now, tournament mode is very a pretty in depth version of the game where you go through a tournament. And what's neat about the tournament mode is, uh, and you're in there, you can upgrade your robot. You can even buy new robots. You can upgrade your skill stats uh, with with earned uh, points and money. And something else you can do is uh, there are people in the tournament that aren't in the game. Like yeah. are, are any other, there are people that show up in their own mechs that you don't see anywhere else. Yep. Which is cool. I, I, thought, I thought that oh, was kind of neat. Yeah, very awesome. Uh, and so uh, I thought that was fun. Um, the uh, uh, another thing that is interesting about this game is you can, if you go into the gameplay menu, there's a mode uh, that you can earn called Hyper Mode, <clears throat> and Hyper Mode opens up a different set of of uh, maneuvers for your characters that weren't available in normal mode. And and for like most characters will have at, at least two special attacks and some have uh, uh three i think and in hyper mode like for example jaguar does a move where he goes like jumps up like a cat and and does like a, a lunging attack mm -hmm. well in hyper mode he can do this in space i mean he could be up in the air and do it which is ludicrous because what would he possibly spring off of <laughs> if he's in the middle of the air uh, but you can do it so hyper mode really opens up a lot of wacky possibilities and what it reminds me of a lot is that street fighter hack rainbow uh, edition yeah it's exactly what it reminds me yep. of yeah and so it makes all it makes that a lot it makes it a lot of fun um so on top of all this stuff so you've got your tournament you've got your single player and you've got your two player you also have the ability in one must fall 29 to play over a network yes 
This was a blowaway uh, gimmick back in the day. It supports all the major networking uh, interfaces of the time, uh, which is cool. I'm trying to think if I ever played this. Oh, I don't think I ever actually tried this. No, I, mean, I, I don't think I ever played it online. I know I've played two-player sitting beside each other, but I, never online. Sure. Um, the uh, uh, the neat thing about that would be to really get together with a bunch of guys and and play and you know get in a room and just play over and over. It'd be a lot of fun. Of course, that's stuff that gets taken for granted now. This is like '94 or whatever. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Something else this game could do that a lot of people don't know about is you could record your matches. Yeah. And in, in, in their entirety, and and then play them back, which is cool. Uh, I always thought that was I thought that was really a neat aspect that I did do, you know, and it's it, a lot of the stuff you can do from the command line, uh, and uh, uh, it was it was pretty slick. So um, a fellow named uh, another thing this game has going for it's the music. A yes, fellow named Ken, awesome. Kenny Chow uh, did the music for it. He was I guess he came from the demo scene from what I could read, and uh, he's also released a a new version of the title track on YouTube. So if you want to look, I'm sure you can find it pretty easily. If you want to look, if you want to look it up, uh, uh, when Epic Mega Games made this, there were a they had a lot of games like I mentioned earlier, uh, and some uh, one of the games they had was Jazz Jackrabbit. Uh, they had uh, a, a, another one called like Tyrannon, I believe it was a shooter. Remember that one? Yeah. And so if you read the manual for this, there's a lot of the like background baloney in it. They mention like people that wrote and some of these other games, and apparently over the Epic Mega Games properties. This, this is sort of a common thing where they'll put they'll slip they stuff in. They kind of tie the worlds together, yeah. Yeah, and apparently One Must Fall guys even are uh, uh, found in other games like uh, Tyrion, Jazz Jackrabbit, Jazz Jackrabbit Two. So they they actually got in there. Something I thought was interesting that I'd never heard was uh, uh, Epic Mega Games, one of these companies that put out demo discs. I remember getting the demo for this, and only I think it had two playable characters, maybe it had three. And and but um, one of the things that advertised was that coming soon would be a enhanced CD version of One Must Fall 2097 with extra robots, extra backgrounds, everything. And that never came to fruition. It never happened. Unfortunate. Uh, which would have been neat. Now, uh, so far you're probably like, oh, this sounds like a pretty standard fighting game with a few twists. One of the big twists that this had, and it's probably one of the first games to do this. It had interactive uh, backgrounds yes. when you fought. Uh, I think there were like five backgrounds, and four of them, you, there was some sort of interactivity. Uh, you had uh, one level that took place in this like uh, uh, desert, and occasionally planes would come by and just strafe the uh, fight zone. If yep. you get caught in that zone, that does damage to you. So what's a lot of fun is to kick your opponent over there and then watch those planes come in and, and nail them. They just randomly come up. Uh, there's one level where these spikes come out of the background just yep. straight out. Again, you can do the same thing there. Uh, there's a level where you're in this sort of almost like it looks like you're fighting like almost like a furnace or something, and there's this glowing orange ball that floats around, and if you whack it, it'll shoot fire from the ground underneath your opponent. Yes, so which is cool. It's dodgeable but very difficult. <laughs> and then my personal favorite, there's this giant. It's like a cage match, and there's an electrified cage, and when you and you and when you whack your opponent, he flies up into the cage and he gets shocked. The funny thing is, the shock does no damage. Yeah, really. just, yeah, it just kind of. I used to do that visual. all the time, thinking I was just wasting these guys, but in actuality, <laughs> I wasn't doing nothing. So, interactive backgrounds, awesome. Yeah. Now, let's talk meat and potatoes here in terms of the graphics, the controls. Uh, the uh, controls in this game are tight. Fair. Uh, they uh, have uh, set up for analog uh, joysticks, but I mean, you, I think you can use you any can play it on I remember playing this on. Well. Yeah. And this was built from the ground up to be a keyboard playable game, so they did a pretty good job with the special mix of making it something you can do on a keyboard. Yep. Uh, the uh, uh, the the uh, overall graphics are sort of a 3D. They're sort of that 3D render. Uh, it's a 2D render, a 3D model. Yep. That thing. There were, I mean, would I call them the best graphics ever? No. And, and the, even at the time it was released, I didn't think the graphics were all that great. They were okay. The robots looked good. They were a little dirty. The backgrounds, yeah. they were fuzzy. The backgrounds look, they're okay. They're not the best. But, I mean, uh, uh, they certainly work. They do the job. And this is one of those games where uh, it's uh, substance over style in this case. I mean, yeah, it's not the prettiest game, but it plays very well, very smoothly. And for the most part, uh, all you need to play this, I believe, as I recall, was a 386 or above. 
with a minimum of four megs of memory and a VGA. Wow. But, you so, know, that's actually super impressive. If you think about this. I thought this would have been a, a Pentium only game. Well, a lot of people, like even when, when Brent told me what he wanted to pick, and I was like, ah, that seems too modern. If you think about um, the quantum leap computers took from 93 or 4, it's yeah. quite amazing. I mean, uh, you're talking about this would have been the minimum specs would have been a 386, which what that what that tells me is there were still plenty of 386s out there at yeah. the time. <laughs> it's quite remarkable, and uh, uh, I remember having a, just a basic machine. Of course, there was no 3D acceleration or any of that jive. And yeah. so and so you're playing it straight up, and uh, it it played it played great. It was a dream to play. Well, you know, I've talked for a while. What do you think about this? Give us your thoughts. Uh, one must fall is. One of my all-time favorite fighting games. It really is. I've enjoyed it that much. And it is something that I haven't thought about for a while. Going back and playing this was a complete joy. Oh. (laughs) A complete joy. Uh, First off, it's a two-button fighting game. Those typically suck. But the way that One Must Fall got around it was your buttons are punch and kick. If you're pressing (laughs) forward on the controller or your keyboard, the attacks are fast and do light damage. If you're holding back on your joystick, they are heavy and and more damage. The animations change to fit whatever type of attack you're doing. The reason why this is important and so good with a game like this is the combo system in this game is superb. Superb. It doesn't let you air juggle endlessly, which... I'm not a big fan of air juggling, so that doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I hate air juggling. It's not Killer Instinct style, where you just do the motions and it does the animations for you. It's Street Fighter 2 style, where the combos are in there and they they count up the combo hits as you go, but they are combos based off of your animation. So you can jump in with a, a, a light air attack, do two light... Uh, punch attacks and then finish with a strong kick for most characters that would be a combo it'd be a four hit combo the game would record it as a four hit combo and you'd get credit for it but it is based off the character's animations not based off of a predetermined this is a combo which I, I these these are the type of games I love yeah. I love and it, and it credits you point wise for the amount of consecutive strikes yes which is nice uh, uh, the uh, something I, sh- I should have mentioned uh, and it got me to thinking as you were talking something else this game does and this is a credit to a game where this was very rare the sound effects in this are second to none they're, they're really second good. to none when you clang on these robots the, 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 the noise it makes is satisfying as heck yes I mean it's it, when you barely tap it it's just like somebody took a, a wooden spoon and whacked a pan it's a tink tink and, and a it, thunk and then when you actually like uh, when you like for example rent, land a big roundhouse kick or something the noise it makes brrr, it's like somebody's uh, 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 smacked the, the liberty gong, bell yeah. yeah it's an awesome noise and I bet they really uh, worked on that noise I mean it's I it's got the most satisfying sound effects I, I can ever remember they're just so tremendously good in an era where sound was overlooked, much like the music, it's the uh, the sound was not necessarily a big deal. Um, the, if the game has failings, like I said the graphics. There's a when you're fighting in turn when you're fighting in a one player mode uh, or two player two. After your fight, this guy comes up and reads the news about you about your fight, and there, the the news gets repetitive pretty quick. Is the text. And he also is kind of goofy looking, or andro- I don't know if it's a he, I guess it is a she. It, here's the problem. The graphics are a mix of <laughs> anime through your character portraits. Yeah. They're very anime style, and they're all static. And it's the news reporter's anime style. But the robots are futuristic, not anime style. They're, they're, they're dirty. They're, they don't have they those... They look like something that would work somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah they, they don't have those... The, the anime-style robots, they're not these big, shiny things, and they're not big and clunky for the for the fact of being clunky. They look functional. Yeah. So it's a mix of two styles. That is probably one of the worst aspects of the game because your portrait, you look at your portrait a lot, and you've got this anime face yeah. that doesn't fit the rest of the game. Yeah, it is. It is I mean, they went for an anime style on this, and it, it, but you're right. Uh, and the robot and the robots are sort of anime. And it's funny, when the Jaguar wins... 
they, he, all robots, they strike a wind pose. And yeah. he does the traditional Japanese one arm up, yeah. the leg back, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know they're they're okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ballyhoo that 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 like there's a scene whenever you're starting the match of the two robots in like dry dock. The guy's working on them, and, they, yeah. and in, in the bottom is where you see the two people talking. It's okay. Yeah, that's you know, fine. The in between stuff's okay. It's you just, just portraits. Put, are... Basically, you're just clicking your button to get the hell out of there yeah. because you want to go fight more. <laughs> uh, this game had secrets, tons of secrets. Tons. I didn't know anything about uh, holding buttons that at certain times. I didn't realize that if you finish, there's one area that if you finish off a robot with your super mega killer move, you'll fall through the floor and there are two hidden robots, fire and ice, that you can fight, which I've never seen. Oh, wow. No, I, I never knew about that. I read a ton of stuff uh, when I was leading up to this, that I, I, so I'm anxious to go back and play it. This game never really left my memory because, you know, and really this is the jut of it that I wanted to get over. This game came to a starved, a, a fighting game starved Aaron that was desperate to have something <laughs> to to play on his PC that was going to be not crap, you know what I mean? And 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 this and here this was it. Yeah. This came out and was and I thought to myself, this is the game. And we played the crap, and we would make. I remember going with uh, Chad and playing playing other fighting games and laughing at them because I mean the gameplay wasn't there. Yeah, you know this game has the gameplay. It is very tight. The animations are now they're not super smooth. The animations are not super smooth. Uh, it, it definitely could use for with a few more frames. But I will have to say the lack of frames do make the robots feel more uh, substantial. Uh, they feel more clunky, feel more massive. Although some some of these robots feel downright nimble. Oh, they are. are just, there are. And it makes you feel good when you're playing them. Yeah. You, you know. um, so a game like this that was pretty well received, of course you know what that means, a sequel time. And sequel, it came nine years later. By yeah. the way. It took a while. <laughs> uh, uh, so you had uh, Battlegrounds. One Must Fall Battlegrounds. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I played this game a few times. I didn't even look at it when I did this because I had already seen it. And this was sort of a... Uh, this is one of those games that was rendered... It was a 2D game that was in fake 3D. Yeah. You know? And I did not like it. Uh, not a bit. Uh, uh this game fell somewhere for me between Pray for Death and FX Fighter, if you'll recall those two wow. games on the PC. Oh, yeah, that's not my Listen, I played all the fighting games on the PC. I thought about doing FX Fighter, too, but I just couldn't handle it. Um, uh, I didn't like... I mean, it kept a lot, a lot of the story and stuff, but it just, it, to me, it just didn't work uh, for me. Uh, one thing I did discover, and I'm internally grateful uh, for going to research this, is there's a... Uh, there At one point... Uh, this game, and I can give you the exact date here, uh, February 10th, 1999, this game was declared freeware by the developer. So you yes. can go play it for free right now. Go. Go get do it. Do it. Yeah. Now, before you go get it, I found out about a project called the uh, uh, Open One Open One Must Fall, Open uh, OMF Project. Uh, and these are guys that are going back and redoing One Must Fall to play better on a modern system i tried this out for the first time yesterday and uh it's not perfect it's not 100 perfect but it's pretty good but what's great about it is it lets you play in modern resolutions i mean real high res and uh it's nice boy it's real beautiful to, I, to go up there i really liked it the controls are good uh and it plays well and they're working on it still in fact they're it's been worked on this year so i know wow. they're still they're still after they've been working on it for like four or five years so I, I fully recommend that. Uh, I, I can't wait. That. I just I'm hearing about this today for the first time. I can't wait to get my hands on it. So can't wait. Uh, I found some reviews for this. Uh, uh, the uh, Gamespot gave gave this 88. Uh, percent My Abandonware gave it five out of five. Uh, Free Game Empire gave it a 78. percent Not bad. Uh, it was a good game. I looked. This was released on a PC gamer. Demo disc, right? But I don't. I couldn't find a a, a a a rating from PC Gamer anywhere. I couldn't see. I I, I swear to huh. God, I think I remember reading a review for, it, but I couldn't find it. Um, I looked this up on eBay. So this game is real strange to look up. Uh, I found a bunch of these things in Spain. All right, and oh, so okay, yeah. Um, they range from uh, uh fifteen bucks to seventy bucks. 
or on best or best offer. And then I found uh, some three and a half inch floppies in uh, in the U.S. You know, but the boxes were odd to me. I didn't, I didn't recognize them. So this is one of those games that probably get redistributed, repackaged like about a million times because it was basically it's almost shareware. So your mileage may vary on it. I did also have a look to see what Battlegrounds was going for, just if, if that's your bag, and you can get it for around 20 bucks all day. Yeah. I... So uh, I, I really enjoyed going back and, and having a look at that. I, I had to say that was one of my, that's one of my faves. So, Brent... All that in mind, uh, you picked one of your faves this yes. week, and I knew you would. Let's talk about what you've got in store for us. What do you got? Big Red Racing. All right. Holy moly, did I love this game back in college days. Big Red Racing is developed by Big Red Software, probably most famous by uh, they picked up the Dizzy series when its developer left, and they made... Good Dizzy games. Okay. Uh, Magic Land Dizzy, Dizzy Panic, uh, Spellbound Dizzy. Really? Yeah. Okay. So they they had a, a good pedigree of that sort of software going in. Were they are they a British company? Uh, yeah, English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they went uh, from that and they got their little group together and said, you know what, we are going to make a racing game and we're going to pack it full of attitude. Uh, this is the 90s attitude. Uh, Poochie was on stage. He was ready to go. Uh, and and they, they had huge aspirations that this was going to go. This was already slated to go to the N64. This was going to hit the PlayStation, the Sega Saturn, the 3DO, the Atari Jaguar. It was that type, that type of budget, that type of game. It didn't make it to any of them. <laughs> it got scrapped for every console. DOS is the only release it's ever had. This looks like something you can see on the Jag. The, it, I think that, I mean, I don't know what that exactly means, but okay. Uh, Big Red Racing also uh, is sort of famous for having this manual, this, uh, 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 I guess, extra insert into the box where it would have been because it also got canceled they had someone in their company his sole job for two months was to write out the history and the story behind big red racing and they finally presented this tome of knowledge to the uh developer or to the publisher the publisher was like that's gonna cost like 30 bucks to put in the box we ain't doing it so his work got scrapped, and unfortunately, there is no surviving uh, manuscript of all of they everything put this a guy text wrote. File in there? <laughs> no, it it was huge because the game is very expansive. So, what is Big Red Racing? Like I said, it's an attitude-based, in-your-face racing game where you have tons of locations, tons of vehicles, uh, characters to choose from. All the characters have their own little uh, quirks and, and, and uh, quips that they say. There's an overall commentator that kind of commentates on the race as you go. And it's all very, it's borderline rude humor in some places. It's borderline racist humor in some places. It, it's not racist to be cruel. It's racist to, as in stereotypical it's very it takes stereotypes and really pushes them to the extreme and that's what they were going for for the whole bracing thing that's they wanted that kind of attitude that kind of in your face the text on this on the screens like uh when you're choosing one player or two player and all that stuff is just continuously jumbling between different types of text you know that just to have that extra attitude and that is probably what a initially doomed it for the console releases was it would have to have been so cleaned up for a console market like it would have in its current day package it would have never been released for nintendo way too borderline crude uh so it's a racing game right mm -hmm. and every track has two cars you can choose from if you're on a city track you've got a minivan or a volkswagen beetle if you're on a dirt track, you have a four-wheeler or an ATV. Uh, there are helicopters. So you can, in tracks with helicopters, you get two different helicopters. Uh, you can go to different planets in the game. 
You can be on Mars. You can be on uh, Sat or Venus. <clears throat> you can go uh, in big rigs where you're on monster trucks or, or uh, uh, 18 wheelers. Snow courses where you're in snow plows or all-terrain vehicles. Uh, you're in rock quarries where you're in dump trucks and excavators. And you've got water courses where you're in motorboats and hovercrafts. So the game has so many options and vehicles. It's so packed with that kind of action. There are 24 courses. 24! And a racing game of this style is unheard of with that many vehicles. Uh, and the game is this... It's certainly not arcade, but it's certainly not simulation. It's got this floaty... It reminds me of uh, San Francisco Rush. That kind of floaty feel. Whenever you're jumping over uh, hills or you're, you're banking off turns. Also, there you have the track and you have the world. But there are no invisible walls. So you can just literally turn left and just go and explore the world on every course. Now, you can't win that way because there are checkpoints you have to hit. But it's not the game's not restrictive. It's, uh, it's almost open world in a way. So, you've got courses in Kenya, in England, Chile, the United States, Australia, Mexico, Egypt, Ireland, China, the Arctic, Germany, Japan, Russia, Italy, Norway, go up to Mars, uh, you're in Spain, Scotland, you're in Venus, India, France, Hawaii, and the moon. Those are diverse locations. And every location has an opening text scrawl that's kind of... Uh, uh, you know, Italy's talking about pasta and pizza, and uh, Hawaii's talking about volcanoes. So, you know, it's got the stereotypical uh, location scrawl at the beginning, talking about how the event is. And the game is fast. It's fun. It doesn't take itself seriously. Best of all, it's got a cockpit mode for every vehicle I mentioned before. And they all have unique uh, interiors, unique steering wheels. Now, the graphics aren't cutting edge. They're, they're not, you know, this isn't going to replace Forza. But all of them have unique interiors, unique graphics. Driving in first-person mode will make you sick because you jump so much and you fly so much. But it's just darn fun. What did you think about it? Well... <clears throat> I remember this game from back in the day. Yes, and I remember. I love your, this game. Infatuation with it. Oh game. my gosh! Um, I appreciate the amount of uh, the variety. I always have. They did. They did a good job of putting their stuff in. Um, this thing has two basic problems with, with me. One, it's got the worst, uh, ugliest menus of all time. Yeah. Oh yeah. They yeah. go for some kind of like. Serial killer aesthetic. I don't know what they were smoking. No, it was it was it was edgy. That's what it was edgy. Well, let me tell you something. I didn't like them then, and I didn't. Li I'd forgotten about it when I turned it on. I thought, man, I've really got this thing glitched up. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that uh, admittedly, the the the, the uh, font, I guess, it moves. It's, it's a, horrible. It's it's, a, it's downright horrible. It's like uh, it's like if they uh, they called up the world's craziest like chain letter writing serial killer and said, listen, we need some menus. You know, go get some magazines, cut out some letters, and get busy. They're like, okay. Yes. Yep. And then secondly, and I, I I had the same problem when I played this back in the day. I just don't like the game, oh. the, the racing in the game. It's when he says it's floaty. This is not a good thing. It's it, it, it run. It never on the bed. Listen, this is this is that classic example of that uncomfortable era where people tried to use uh, software rendering for three D. And it is, uh, it's it's just ugly. Ugly game. And I can get past ugly. I can get past ugly. I mean, I work with you. <laughs> but what I can't get past is bad gameplay. And I could not control this call. I never could. I never I never like the, the control. I just don't like the engine that they use, no pun intended, to, to race. I never liked it. All of this variety it doesn't do. I mean, let's let's face facts. Let's let's boil it down here. In my opinion, the all these the spaceships, the you know the boats. It's the same basic bear, homie. 
It's the same. No, it's this not it's even same, close. It's the same. It's the same racing game with a with a with a new coat of paint. None of the stuff controls very well to me. Now I can do better on some courses than I can others, uh, and I'm not discounting what this game is. It is not a bad game. All right, don't get me wrong. Uh, and if you consider when this was released, it was quite an interesting game to release in terms of the uh, uh, the the vision it took to put it together. All right, but if you look at when this was released, so I mentioned a game earlier, which was Screamer. They came out just a year past this one, and if you compare the two visually, it's it's uh, unbelievable. It, they, if you compare the two from a from a from a control standpoint, uh, it's un, it's not there's no comparison at all. Uh, I just didn't like the way this this thing controlled. It was tough to control for me. Now I went back and I could I tried to play this online, and uh, uh, it just I couldn't I didn't like the way it felt. So I went ahead and pulled it down and loaded the DOSBox up, installed it, and played it. And it was better. This is not the kind of game you're going to want to play in Java. Uh, you're going to want to get this uh, and play a proper game of it. Uh, uh, but uh, it was very similar to the way I remembered it before. Uh, it was okay. I mean, it was okay. No. But I, it's, part of the problem I have with this, and it's not Big Red Racing's fault, it's just this type of game I was not a big fan of uh, back in the day. I, even back then when it was fresh and new, I was just like, eh. I mean, I liked, I like a lot of the stuff in this, but for me, uh, I didn't enjoy the actual gameplay of it. And that's just me. I'm not saying not everybody would enjoy it. And like I said, I enjoyed a lot of the... And you're right, the humor and stuff's wacky. I like it. I love the fact that there's boats in it and all this crazy stuff. It makes it fun. And one thing about this game is that it's a fun game. You're right. It's not a simulator. This isn't a game where you're going to uh, go into it and have a real hardcore racing experience. It's just a... It's, almost, it's, it's a uh, slightly wacky, almost like kart racy sort of game. Uh, with just a bunch of crazy diversity. I mean, if you look at it from that from that aspect, it's a it, it did a good job there. Okay. But I mean, I just did, I personally did not enjoy the actual racing portion of the game. Now there, it, Big Red Racing, unfortunately, does not emulate well, even through DOSBox. Even through DOSBox, it has a jittery camera. And if you look this game up yeah. online uh, on YouTube or anything. You can see that the camera is always jittering. That's that true. is not how the game yeah. it, it was is supposed to be played. Uh, I did, and I experienced that. Okay. I experienced that, and that's that's a fact. You're right. I agree with you on that. The game, however, has so much variety. The courses are so unique. The vehicles are widely different, and they do control different, regardless of what you say. It is plain fun. You don't if you're going to if you're a serious racer if you load up your F1 formula games and you sit there in your simulated steering wheel with your cockpit and your and your gear shifter no that isn't what this is this is set down 20 minutes load up Mars load up the moon gravity jump through space hear all the stupid comments and all the the the, the borderline borderline uh, racist and sexist comments. Enjoy it for the era that it was made. You'll have a great time. You'll have a great time. This is a game. Oh my gosh! I remember. I downloaded this game in 1997, so it was well past when it was released. And I, this was a CD game, so downloading it took. Forever. You pirated it. Is what yes, you're yeah. After I got this game and I played it, I went to the store and attempted to buy it. This was Ooh. college me, no money, and they didn't have it. Tell them where you lived in college. Uh, huh? Tell them where you what you lived in in college. I lived in a, in a camper, <laughs> not a trailer. When he says he camper. had no money, he means he had no money. Okay. <laughs> I sought this game out to buy it because I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> and I already had the game. I had it at home full. Six player online matches. That, that is that is a selling point. Split screen that. locals. Yep. It was incredible. Yeah, and that's where the fun lies. Holy is, is in the multiplayer. I agree and, with you on that. And yes, 
you're going to hit bumps where your vehicle flies <laughs> off in some random direction. And it's going to cause you to lose some. It's vaguely okay? controllable. It, it's it's controlled chaos. It's just you sit down, you put it in cockpit view for as long as you can stand it. Because <laughs> it, and when you do that, you can't. Win. I never play in cockpit view. Oh, ever. see, no, no, you put it in cockpit view, and it's not because you're wanting to win. It's because you're wanting to have fun, and you just drive off into the sunset sometimes. And when you're so far behind, you're just like, screw it, I'm going to see what's over here, and you just drive for two minutes in one direction and find a, a, a hidden statue or a hidden landmark. They did put stuff out there. <laughs> yes. Basically, yeah. Great game. Uh, ter- incredible music. If you ever get a chance, go to, you're on YouTube now, possibly, load up Big Red Racing promo video. They do a music video, full rock and roll suite, and it's it's incredible. It's so much fun to listen to. This game had great sound, had great music. <clears throat> the visuals are rough because of the era. It was the beginning of 3D, blah, 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 blah. It's true, though. Play this game. You're going to love it. Seek it out. If you have to play it on DOSBox, you know, understand that you're not going to get the full experience. You'll love it. It's a great game. This one probably would be one uh, that would be a, a candidate to play on a proper PC of yes. the year. Yes, yeah. Uh, if, you can, if you can dig one It's out. unfortunate. I it's... will say, I, I did have more fun playing this then than I did this time, and part of it was because it just does, it does not emulate properly. And uh, this is one of those games where uh, you can go... The DOS prompt allows you to kind of screw with things. You can load any car into any race... And, and play around with it like that through different uh, command prompts. Um, so you can put a boat in a, in a car race? Exactly. <laughs> uh, you can have uh, load up a couple test tracks uh, through command prompt usage. Um, this had one... This is also a sign of the time. This released with a map called City 3. that It, it never comes up in normal play, but it's in the code. And if you load it, it crashes your computer. <laughs> so don't load that. Tight. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, normally you never run into it. But, yes, I, I, this was, from my youth, something that was so near and dear to me. I, I had hours and hours of fun playing this game. Uh, reviews, it did okay. Uh, 7.5 out of 10 from GameSpot. Next Generation... <clears throat> gave it three out of five stars. I think those are fair. Um, even though I love the game, endlessly love the game, that's why I've been begging for DOS to hit so much. Uh, <laughs> it's been killing him. Uh, I know that the game does have flaws, and some people could get offended by it. Um, and you can turn the commentator off you, the, all the little quips and stuff. It's just a check mark. Turn it off. You never have to listen to it. Mm. Uh, but yes, please do yourself a favor. Go look up this game. eBay on this one? I did not look this up on eBay. <laughs> I bet you could find them. I bet you could find them pretty easy. <clears throat> you know what? I should. Well, you know, what? I should just find the developer and who got absorbed after this game uh, into a bigger company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was actually the last game that uh, Big Red Software produced. Well, so sounds good, man. So, and much like Big Red Racing, we're going to a, do a bouncy, ugly jump into spinning that wheel. Oh, hit the music! Oh, geez, here we go, Brent. What do we got this week? We added that this was a personal request by me. We added Game and Watch. Game and Watch, Nintendo Game and Watch. Yes, to the wheel. So, so we've got a good, we've got a very robe, uh, a very diverse lineup of goods on yes. here tonight. So, yeah. Spinner up now. The oldest thing on here now we've determined is the it's Sega Saturn. The Saturn, yeah. The Sega Saturn with the Game Gear, I believe, in close second. So, here we go. The wheel has been spun, and let's make the deal. And the deal is going to be, what do we got there, Brady? I don't. No. What's that say? That is early 1990s arcade games. Okay. Ooh. We're going back to the arcade, <laughs> you all. So now, uh, the rules of this are quite simple. Uh, we will be playing games 
From the early 90s, what's the final? 1990 to 1994. Okay, that seems fair. That is what it uh, is. And, we, and what, any game? Any, any, any arcade any game? Any arcade game, yes. <laughs> I think I'm going to pick a Williams. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, please, join us next week. Allow us into your homes. Yes. Into your ears, seeping into Ooh. your mind. Well, we will discuss uh, two arcade games that were released in the early 90s. Yes. So, Brent, until then, drive that way.